0: My imagination goes to the temple in Jerusalem today with these readings that we have, uh, especially from Mark, the passage where Jesus himself is coming out of the temple and looking about, one of his disciples says, you know, which is probably small talk, look what large stones, what large buildings. You know, oftentimes, uh, visitors come here to St. Mary's, whether it be for a wedding or some other service, or sometimes uh, during the week, people uh, just sort of show up. And I always love to give a tour. And they're always very impressed with the beauty of the church and the structure. And, and it is an unusual uh, sort of uh, look for a church, certainly from the outside. And so, you know, they're impressed with the building. And Jesus says to his disciple... Not one stone will be left upon another. All will be thrown down. So while certainly Jesus participated in the life of the temple, and I'm sure he felt it was a crucial uh, spot for his people. Of course, it it really was their uh, center of gravity, if you will. He's trying to tell his disciples that it's not about the building. It's not about that one place. Of course, in the ancient world, people believed that their gods actually resided within their temples. So it made it a temple. But what Jesus is beginning to reveal is that there is something new coming. There is a new covenant coming. There is a new temple coming. Now, we know that historically, of course, the temple at Jerusalem was destroyed by the Roman army. And if you've ever seen a mock-up of it or or a painting, it really was quite an impressive structure. The disciple was right. What large stones, what large buildings. And if you think of maybe a big stone, sort of a government building or a museum or something like that, of that kind of heft, and imagine what it would take to tear it down in an era with no explosives or uh, certainly no... Demolition equipment with hand tools and ropes and pulleys and winches, that sort of thing. They really, really wanted to tear that down, to, to have accomplished that. But really, that, that physical demolition of the temple, while it, it, uh, it is important historically, I think the more important thing is, is the metaphor where Jesus says, not one of these stones will be left left. In another place, he says, I will tear down this temple and in three days build it again. And of course, people think he's referring to the actual physical stone temple with all of its carvings and decoration. But what he's referring to is himself and the old covenant and the breaking forth of something new. Jesus said, I did not come to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. He lived his whole life as an observant Jew. He was born under the law, he followed the law, he read the Hebrew scriptures, he taught in the synagogues, as we know from a very early age. Nevertheless, as time went on and as his disciples learned more and more and matured a bit, he began to reveal more and more about himself and more and more about God's plan. And so he says to them, it will all be torn down. But what he's talking about is the coming of this new covenant, where he himself, through the cross, becomes the new temple. And we can see this reflected in Paul's letter to the Hebrews that we uh, heard today. He talks about how the priests of the temple, and when he's talking about priests, he's talking about priests of the old covenant in the temple, stand day after day, offering again and again sacrifices for sins. You know, people would come to the temple to worship and would bring with them, according to their means and according to the severity of their sins, bigger or smaller animals. We remember the story of the Holy Family bringing two turtle doves to present to the priest when they took Jesus uh, for his presentation at the temple as a small, as a baby. But what Paul says is that Christ offered for all time a single sacrifice for sins. Now, that's a radical concept because for thousands of years, people have been uh, returning to to offer sacrifices. And sacrifices aren't uh, unique to the ancient Jewish tradition either. Many different um, Many different uh, pagan religions would offer animal sacrifices and human sacrifices as well, trying to appease the gods, trying to win favor or somehow get right with God by offering these sacrifices. But Jesus, as in all things, as in all of his teachings, as in all of his works, he turns everything upside down and inside out. The old ways, the old status quo, the old assumptions no longer fit. They no longer make sense because he has presented to us, the human race, God's plan for us. By a single offering, he has perfected for all time all those who are sanctified. So that goes for people in the time of St. Paul, and it goes for us now and that Jesus, he said, by a new and living way, opened for us the curtain. Remember the great curtain of the temple that when Jesus breathed his last was rent in two. That that curtain in the temple was a barrier between the people and God, a barrier that had been constructed by people to keep people out. And so we know that when Jesus dies, this curtain is rent into, the temple is thrown open, if you will, to all. If you've ever studied the temple, it was in different layers, and different people could get to different different, uh, proximities to the Holy of Holies, but only a very few could ever get into the Holy of Holies. And that Ark of the Covenant, of course, was in there. But now the Ark of the Covenant is... Jesus Christ, the Ark of the New Covenant. That curtain that he opened to us was his flesh. And because of that, Paul says, we can approach God. We can approach God, not just the high priests, but we can with full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed in pure water. So you see, we have that gift from, from Christ. The two great sacraments that he gave to us, baptism and the Holy Eucharist, are our gateways into that Holy of Holies. We are washed once and for all in the waters of baptism. We are cleansed once and for all. And we come week after week, year after year, and as Christians, century after century, to the table of Christ, To receive his body and his blood, to become truly one with him in our hearts and in our bodies. Because when he he died for us, when he opened that curtain of heaven for us, we were all adopted as God's sons and daughters, so we don't need an intermediary. I'm saying this as a priest, uh, but, you know, growing up Baptist, that was one of the, the, the big objections to Catholicism or, you know, the Anglicanism or Lutheranism, that you've got this person who stands between you and God. I, I would say now that, no, that's really not what I as a priest do. I walk with you on the journey to God. And there are, yeah, there are certain things that I do specifically as a priest But we are all God's sons and daughters. We are all part of that royal priesthood. And we can all stand one day face to face in God's presence because of Jesus' gift to us. And so what we have to be on guard about, I think, is falling back into the old ways, because that is the temptation we have. Uh, you don't have to look uh, very far. You don't have to look, look far at all. You just uh, turn on your, your device, whatever that may be. And you can see uh, people putting up walls and barriers. We had a really wonderful, productive uh, vestry retreat yesterday. And one of the things we talked about is the fact that, you know, we in our hearts, and our minds, we feel and believe that we're a welcoming open uh, parish, church. And we are Indeed. But not everybody understands that. I mean, we we have to say it over and over and over again, and we have to show it, too. Listen to what uh, St. Paul says at the end of this passage. Let us consider how to provoke one another to love and good deeds. And I love the use of the word provoke, because when you hear the word provoke, usually you're provoked to anger, or you're provoked to something negative, such as on social media. (laughs) But... If, we're, if we've got our minds and our hearts in the right place, we provoke one another to love and good deeds, not neglecting to meet together. You see, because uh, Christians don't exist in a vacuum. We exist in community with one another, the laity and the clergy, and we show that love of Christ to the world through our common life together. As I said, we walk together together towards christ and he says encourage one another but all the more as you see the day approaching what day is that well when jesus is talking uh, to his disciples about the temple and the coming of this new covenant he says when you hear of wars and rumors of wars don't be alarmed this must take place but the end is still to come in other words these wars, these rumors of wars, these earthquakes, these famines, they are things that are just going to happen. They are not the end. So be careful when false prophets arise and say, I am he, and the end is near. I remember a few years ago when uh, some group was predicting the end of the world, and it somehow got a lot of traction in the media. There were Billboards uh, there was a radio station this was when I was in Philadelphia. There was a radio station um, and I think the reason I knew about it was because of this station they They played like you know classic hymns, and I'd like to listen to it in the car on the way to church uh, on sunday morning and so and they would read scripture, just you know line by line, but this person would come on every now and then and talk about how the world's about to end, and they had a billboard on the on i ninety five and everything and um, I remember Pete and I figured, well, we're Episcopalians, so we're probably not going to be raptured with the elect. So we'll just stay home and, and have a nice dinner, which we did. And uh, we had steak and champagne and waited for the rapture and didn't come. But uh, and, and there was a, a brilliant but somewhat shady person who devised, um, who preyed on people's uh, guilt over being raptured and provided pet insurance so that when they were gone... Uh, Respectable but non-raptured people would be responsible for taking care of your pets. Catholics, Episcopalians, Jews, you know, the the, the ones who wouldn't be taken up. No refunds. (laughs) Brilliant, I wish I had thought of it. But you see an example in our own day and time of how people come and say, the end is near and they get a lot of traction and people believe this stuff. But what Jesus says is, no, this is not it. You will have wars. You will have earthquakes. And we suffer through uh, tragedies as a nation, it seems, more and more, especially in, uh, when you think about uh, mass shootings. And uh, our climate is changing dramatically. And because of that, we have more and more frequent um, severe weather that, that impacts the lives of, of people all over our country and around the world. But these are the birth pangs, Jesus says. We live in our own time and concept of time. We have, you know, as the scripture says, you know, three score years and ten, or maybe four score years. And some people live uh, considerably longer than that. But in the grand scheme of things, it's really not all that long. Just think of geological time. How long did it take for this mountain that we're built on to form. Millions, billions of years. And then go a step further out of the context of of earthly time and think about God's time, which we really can't even begin to comprehend. And so we continue on in that journey side by side in community with one another because no one knows the time, no one knows the hour when the end will come. But what we do know is that the old has been replaced with the new through Jesus Christ's gift of himself once offered, his one oblation of himself once offered, whereby we are grafted into that family of God, whereby we become Jesus' brothers and sisters and heirs of eternal life and his workers in this vineyard while we are here. So while we cannot know God's master plan until it eventually unfolds and while it may seem like it never will nevertheless we proceed together in faith not neglecting to meet together as is the case of some but encouraging one another and all the more as we see the day approaching in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit amen